Hey, it's Ophira here. I just wanted to let you know about the amazing guests who will be joining us in Los Angeles, California on Wednesday, May 11th. It is going to be a star-studded Ask Me Another taping because we have actors Jeff Goldblum and Maka Monroe and musical legend Weird Al Yankovic. Seriously, we'll be at the theater at Ace Hotel. More information is at amatickets.org. And you should try out the NPR One app for your phone, because every Thursday this month, you can hear episodes of Pop Culture Happy Hour a day early, exclusively in NPR One. So find Pop Culture Happy Hour, stories from your local station, and more great podcasts on the NPR One app. It's in your app store now. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan Colton. We have a great show for you. Some brilliant contestants are waiting offstage to find out what diabolical games we have planned for them. But only one contestant will be our big winner. And... We have two special guests joining us later, actress Alia Shokat, who you know as Maybe from Arrested Development, and writer and director Jeremy Saunier. Their latest film is the thriller Green Room, and that's the room where performers hang out before they go on stage. You know, I've been to some green rooms, and you can just tell the horror movie writes itself. <laughs> I'm talking a dark, dingy room with no barista, no massage therapist, and let me tell you something, when all that's left is ham cubes and Luna bars, you know somebody's gonna die. <laughs> so let's release our first two contestants from that hell and bring them on to the Ask Me Another stage. <laughs> Hannah Herman, you started a new job today. Congratulations. Thank you. What are you looking forward to the most? Proving that liberal arts degree students can actually be gainfully employed. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're a pioneer. I know. Uh, and what is the job? Uh, so I'm working as a marketing consultant. Yes, that sounds like something you can apply a liberal arts degree to. <laughs> as far as I can tell, it involves writing some things. <laughs> you don't even know what the job is, do you? I don't know what my degree is. You don't know what you... Yeah. <laughs> but somehow we've ended up here together, haven't we? Yes. And Timothy Yuan, you've been seeing a lot of mediocre theater... Yeah, I have. But you like it. Yeah, I mean, I used to do some acting and directing in college, and it's kind of, like, fun to watch bad theater and, like, think about, oh, this is how it could be not that awful. <laughs> how much bad theater do you see on a monthly basis? I don't know. I probably see, like, a show a week, and, like, I right. dislike at least half of them. <laughs> That's very fun. Hannah, what is, in your mind, your favorite third date activity? I'm trying. I haven't had many third dates. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about what my boyfriend and I did for our third date. I think my boyfriend and I went to, like, an after-hours thing at a museum. It was great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Timothy, what is your ideal third date activity? cooking a meal together with someone, you're like, um, I think that would be a really good third date activity. Because you'll find out if you can work together. Oh, yeah. And um, if the other person can cook at all, I guess. <laughs> good for you, Timothy. So our first game is a play on the euphemism Netflix and chill, <laughs> which if you don't know is a romantic invitation to do anything but Netflix and chill. <laughs> Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example. Yes, so if I said... Hey, baby, want to watch a movie and have a barbecue? You'd answer Netflix and grill. So every answer ends with a word that rhymes with chill. And no, we're not being paid by Netflix to do this game. Uh, but if they want to pay us, Jonathan and I will stop sharing an account. Yeah. So... Be a lot more convenient, actually. <laughs> I know, your choices are weird. Yeah, some are yours. Buzz in the notebook? Buzz in to answer. It's a good movie. <laughs> And the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Hey, baby, want to watch a movie and then draft a piece of legislation that might become a law someday? <laughs> Hannah. 
what is Netflix and Bill? Almost. You don't have to say the what is part. Netflix and Bill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I knew that. Hey, baby. Want to write a declaration of my wishes regarding the disposition of my property after I die? <laughs> Hannah. Netflix and Will. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a hell of a date. Well, it's, you learn a lot about a person when you do that. <laughs> and at the end, one of you dies. <laughs> hey, baby, want to eat thousands of tiny crustaceans? <laughs> Hannah. Netflix and Krill? Yes. Netflix and Krill. That's how you know you're dating a whale. It's one way. Hey, baby, want to watch a movie in the host country for the 2016 Summer Olympics? Timothy. Netflix and Brazil? Yeah. Sounds like a lovely first date. Go to Brazil and watch a movie? Like oh, I thought it was watching soccer hairless. <laughs> things I could think of. Hey, baby, want to bore into the Earth's crust? <laughs> Hannah. Netflix and drill? Exactly. <laughs> you know what they say, Jonathan? What do they say? No fracking on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hey, baby, want to watch a movie and score zero points? Hannah. Netflix and nil? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is your last clue. Hey, baby. Want to install the bottom part of a window? <laughs> Hannah. Netflix and sill? That's right. <laughs> Why don't we go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, and find out how our contestants did. Hannah was a bit faster than the buzzer. Congratulations, Hannah. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's meet our next two contestants, Emily Tabachuk. You are a stage manager for a children's theater company. I am. That's so nice. Yes. What, what age are these kids? Uh, I'm with ages 6 to 10 and 11 to 13. Well, how do you get them to do anything? They're really good. I mean, we're an after-school program, oh, yeah. so we're like the best part of their day. So okay. they're really excited to come to drama. <laughs> so are you looking at these kids, and are you seeing like future De Niro's and future Streep's? Some of them got some, some talent. No way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and do you encourage that? Yeah, we're, we're also more of like an ensemble team-building company, so we don't like mm. focus on outside agents and whatever. We just encourage them in the production we are doing. That's Zaney. amazing. Yeah. Okay, I hand it to you. <laughs> and we also have Nora McNally. Now, one time a squirrel fell on your head. <laughs> yes, that's true. All right. Uh, I love that bio. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so. <laughs> what, what, how, how and why? Uh, I don't know why. I was walking to the bus stop. I was very late for the bus. <laughs> and this is how every squirrel head story starts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm from a a place in America where there's lots of trees and lots of squirrels and the squirrels really take ownership of the whole situation. Where is this? Tacoma Park, Maryland. Got it. I was running to the bus stop and a squirrel fell out of a tree onto my head and then it scampered away. <laughs> Did you feel like you had a lucky head that no, day? No, I ran home and was like, Mom, help, a squirrel fell on my head and then she was like, you missed the bus. <laughs> oh. Uh, what have you learned from this squirrel incident? Wow, you know, I hadn't really thought about it till today. Sure. But I think in retrospect, I would have made the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Your game is called 50-50 Chance. The answer to every clue is either more than 50 or fewer than 50. That is all you need to figure out. But be careful, because if you buzz in and guess incorrectly, your opponent will automatically score the point. Let's go. More than 50 or fewer than 50? How many seasons have there been of Saturday Night Live? Nora. Less. That is right. Fewer than 50. Correct. The show is in its 41st season. Yeah. Daryl Hammond has been in 40 of those. <laughs> 39 of those or something. How many Tic Tacs are there in a standard box of Tic Tacs? Emily. More than 50? I'm sorry, fewer than 50. I know it seems like there would be. They're very small mints. 
Yeah. Because you could pack a lot in that box. I know. 36 is the average. Total number of people singing in the original 1985 charity single, We Are the World. Nora. More than 50. I'm sorry, fewer than 50. Yeah, it was 46, but with all the shoulder pads. Right, it's hard to know. The visual would have helped. A visual? Sorry, it's radio. (laughs) How many Starbucks are there in Australia? Someone's just got to take it. Nora. More than 50. No! (laughs) I'm from New York. I have no gauge. It's true. It's fine. It's fine. There's fewer than 50. Matter of fact, there's 25-ish. Ish? Yeah, I know. Is there like half of one? <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a beer store that says Starbucks. <laughs> I'm confused. You guys will get this, one of you, I promise. How many books were published in the original Nancy Drew mystery series from 1930 to 1979? Emily. More than 50. More than 50 is correct. Did you read them? Yeah, I think I've read most of them. Do you remember the title of any of your favorites? There was one with an old clock. I think that was the Secret first one. Secret of the one. Old Clock? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird right. one. I will, well, Fira, I will go back are to Are you that. a huge Nancy Drew fan? <laughs> what are you talking about? Who's in a Nancy Drew fan? No, I, I just didn't know that about you. That's fantastic. Did you read them all? I read them all. Yeah. <laughs> Vowel tiles in a standard box of Scrabble. <laughs> Nora, you're like, whatever. Less than, fi- fewer than 50. Fewer than 50 is correct. 42. 44 if you count Y as a vowel, but 42. Unique words in Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat. Nora. More than 50. More than 50 is unbelievably correct. Wow. Oh, Oh my God. Do you know how many? (laughs) Do you want to guess how many? 57. 236. Wow. (laughs) I know. I just blew everyone's mind. (laughs) This is your last clue. Wedges on the Wheel of Fortune Wheel. Emily. Less than 50. Yes, indeed, it is less than 50. It is 24. You got that right. Well done. <laughs> Puzzleger, Archung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie. All right, 50 50. <laughs> Hands on your buzzers. Here's your tiebreaker question How many languages have the Harry Potter books been translated into? Emily. More than 50. That is correct. (laughs) Congratulations, Emily. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Thank you. Coming up, Jonathan Colton tells us what he hates about you. And here's another crowd pleaser. We have a game about palindromes. So go hang a salami. I'm a lasagna hog. Ophira Eisenberg. And this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Chipotle. For 22 years, Chipotle has been committed to changing the norms of fast food by sourcing and serving real quality ingredients cooked with classic cooking techniques. But real food comes with real challenges. So when it comes to safety, rather than follow the norm, Chipotle's changing it again by adopting unprecedented new safety standards designed to put them well beyond current fast food norms because they believe when it comes to food, higher norms should be the norm. If you like what we do on Ask Me Another, you should take a listen to Latino USA. Host Maria Hinojosa brings you interviews and stories with a fresh perspective. You'll hear from Latino rock and roll icons, understand the consequences of marijuana legalization on communities of color, and profiles of Latinas that run the world. Find Latino USA now at npr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. It's time for a little game we call Stump Jonathan Colton. I already don't like it. Yes, it's a great new game. So the premise is simple. We ask Jonathan a question. We give him a weird piece of trivia, and we just see if he can figure out the answer. 
Okay. Right? Sure. Can he be stumped? Can Jonathan Colton yes, be stumped? Probably, yes. We'll find out. Here is our very simple question, which I think you are going to know immediately. In space. Oh, boy. What color is the sun? In space, what color is the sun? Exactly. In space. When you are in space, what color is the sun? First of all, I'm probably not ever going to be in space. Well, you know what? I've come to accept (laughs) that it is too late for me to join the astronaut program. You don't know anything, man. No, I'm pretty old. I'm pretty old. I'm not that physically fit. (laughs) And I don't want to die in space is the other thing. (laughs) What color is the sun in space? Okay. The reason the color might change in space is because currently when we look at the sun, we're standing on the Earth. Yes. A brand new name for it, but that's what we're calling it. And we're looking through a very thin layer of our atmosphere, right? Which presumably, you know, is mostly clear. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to see through it. But possibly (laughs) has some effect of filtering out certain colors. Totally. Because it's made of stuff. Yep. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what air is made of. Mostly nitrogen. Could, yeah. Oxygen. Some other things in there. Uh, so, so the question is, does the atmosphere change the color of the sun? Could it? And does it? There's also a lot of, uh, well, listen, let's think about the sunset. The, the sun changes color, literally, sure, sure does. when it sets. Can I ask for a clarification? I would love to give you one. Are we talking about a high noon sun? I think we're talking about in space, there is no noon. No, I know in space there is no noon. Are we comparing it to... It's no fair if you're going to say, oh, no, but during sunset, it's Oh, rare. yeah, okay. Let's say a high noon sun. A high noon sun. Yep. And just regular sun in space at any time. All the time. Because there's no noon. All day, all Unless night. Unless you're on some other planet, in which case it could be noon. <laughs> Just want to point that. But they out. call it moon. They call it moon. All right. So if you're if you're in space, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say yes. The sun is the same color. It is a it's a yellow star, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a yellow sun, and it's our sun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and ours. it's the best best sun best sun. Yes. Always yellow, right? Best sun. I think it's the best sun too. But the answer is not yellow. Son of a. <laughs> the sun in space is white. <gasps> no one can believe it. I know. Why? Why? You're right. It normally looks yellow from Earth because of the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, you're it. all right about that. All those right. things in it. Uh, so the visible light breaks up into colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, violet, and then the air scatters and parts of the visible light at the lower end of the spectrum uh, so it looks yellow. At sunset, the sun is closer to the horizon, mm-hmm. so it looks red, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But in space, it is a pure white ball because it combines all the colors in the visible spectrum. It's really beautiful when Isn't you describe it that way. You know what, though? It is still the best sun. It is still the best sun. Yes. Our sun, ladies and gentlemen, yep. the best. Never look directly into it. No, it'll blind you. Sly alone, the sun. Same rules. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah, don't yeah. look into his eyes yeah. and never look directly into the sun, especially in space. We did stump you a little bit, Jonathan Colton. You totally Although you said me. all those amazing I things. I said all the right things, and then I came to the wrong conclusion. Yeah, so that's... that's, that's sort of my specialty. That's, all, that's <laughs> almost like being right. If you hear a piece <laughs> of trivia, you think might, it might just stump Jonathan Colton, please share it with us on Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> Let's meet our next two contestants. Meredith Maddock, you are always told that you look like Maya Rudolph. Yes, it's a great fact for a radio show. It is. I thought it was perfect. How do you feel about it? Do you like it? I love it. No one ever told me that until the movie Bridesmaids came out, and then I heard it all the time. Like, strangers would tell me that. They wouldn't confuse me for her. They would just say, do you know who you look like? You look like Maya Rudolph. It's a huge compliment. Oh, Meredith. You're you're good. You're good. You're happy about life, I can tell. Sammy Simon, you make apps targeted at children. I do. They I, need something to do at a party, too, when they're feeling awkward. Okay. So, <laughs> I figured. 
So this next game is called What I Hate About You, and we have scoured both of your social media profiles, talked to some of your close friends. <laughs> uh, we came up with a list of things we hate about you, and you, just kidding, of course. <laughs> no, Meredith, I wouldn't do that to you. Meredith, what do you hate about yourself? <laughs> Probably how many times I have to hit the snooze button before I wake up. It's, okay, it's pretty what's, bad. What's your average? Well, if it's like a nine-minute snooze, I probably hit it like four, five, six, seven times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do seven. You, yeah. What time are you trying to get up at? It depends. I usually like aim to wake up around eight o'clock, but it's you know, day by day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sammy, what do you hate most about yourself? Um, the first thing that came to mind is how much I like cheese. <laughs> it's not really good for anyone. <laughs> It's a funny thing to say. I hate how much I like cheese. Yeah. That's an interesting way to frame <laughs> the question. I wish it was different. <laughs> but how much cheese do you eat a day? I shouldn't disclose that in public. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just saying, maybe you could get a job with the uh, cheese industry. Yeah, they call might. me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is a music parody game, so I'm going to throw it over to house musician Jonathan Colton. Thank you, Afira. We've rewritten the romantic song, What I Like About You, from the perspective of famous fictional villains who are complaining about their arch enemies. All you have to do is buzz in and identify the villain who is singing the verse. If that's confusing, remember I am always the bad guy. <laughs> in life as well as on the show. The winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Okay. It's what I hate about you. You always get away. Buying all this acne stuff, spending all my hard-earned pay. Yeah. Poor birds seed around a sneaky trap. Rigging up an anvil in a canyon gap. I'm black and blue. That's what I hate about you. Meredith. Wiley Coyote. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> your singing bugged me. Took away your voice. You will lose your soul and turn to foam if you're not your true love's choice. Meredith. Ursula. Ursula, yes, the sea witch. That's right. Just a little message to androids and mermaids and robots out there who all want to become human. Mm -hmm. It's not that great. No, it's not. <laughs> just enjoy. It's a lot of problems, actually. Yeah, just enjoy being your thing. Yeah, just you do you. <laughs> Here in Neverland, you never know When that crocodile is gonna show Understand, the reptile took my hand Meredith Captain Hook Yeah, that's right It's what I hate about you You make your doghouse fly World War One, flying ace Shoots me down and cruises by Yeah the Red Baron? That's right, Sammy. Oh, yes, sorry. Red Baron. People in the audience waiting for yeah. you. Yeah, that was my they moment. Ready. <laughs> Princess Aurora fell asleep. Got my horn hat on of Angie Jolie. Sammy. Maleficent? That's right. Sleeping Beauty. I'm gonna make you pay. Dropped a house on my sis Then you took a ruby shoes On your way to see the whiz Yeah Sammy The Wicked Witch of the West Absolutely <laughs> This is your last clue Gonna make a dog coat I can tell White and black spots Will look cool as hell Cause it's true Round a hundred will do. Sammy. Cruella DeVille. Yeah, that's right. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? What a comeback, Sammy. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. We're moving on to the final round. Our next contestant is joining us on the phone. Hello, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, this is Robert Hutchison calling from Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, hello, Robert Hutchinson. Welcome. So you just moved there, right, to Kansas from Atlanta? 
Yeah, I just moved here last fall from uh, the big city. And what is one of the big differences you've noticed? Uh, the biggest difference has got to be the driving out here. In Atlanta, the best defense is a good offense. And out here, they don't have any of that maniacal, naked aggression. Everyone's nice. They give you space. They stay safely behind your car. It's very suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you would hate that. Yeah, I just don't know what to do with all the kindness. It's, uh, it's still freaking me out. <laughs> Get excited, everybody, because it's time for a game about palindromes. A palindrome is, of course, a word or phrase that reads the same way forward and backwards, like race car. In this game, the answer to every clue is a palindrome. And Robert, if you get enough right, will send you an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Here we go. This watercraft, originally used by the Inuit, can be particularly useful when surfing the web to find your next travel deal. It's a kayak. That is correct, yes. In Morse code, dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. S-O-S. Correct. This compact Honda model has been around for over 40 years, performing its duties throughout the world. Uh, Civic? Yes, that's right. It is a boring name for a car. Honda Jury Duty. Even worse. <laughs> the world's largest fashion magazine shares its name with an Australian supermodel. Hmm. L? L, yes, your computer got that right. <laughs> this drug is often prescribed to treat anxiety and panic disorders and alphabetically appears somewhere near the end of the aisle. Uh, Xanax. Yes, exactly. This is your last clue. This cable channel, based in Atlanta, is known for explosive programming. TNT. TNT is correct, yes. Robert, you did fantastic. You are getting an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you very much. Our next two brave contestants will face an extremely difficult game. Paige Gray. Yes. You teach English at West Point. I do. Wow. What drew you to want to teach specifically at West Point, of all places? It was a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you weren't like, this is my dream job. You were, you were like, I'll take this job, cadets, whatever. Let's do it. Oh, no, it's, it's a great job, and, but... Teaching literature there, it's, it's a really unique experience. Yeah. So. How is it unique? Well, being that I'm a civilian, and so I get to come in, and I don't look like things that some of the cadets see every day, because yeah. I have funky clothes, and so I'm, I think I entertain them. So you, right, you're like the fun, you're like the fun ant that comes over think, in a different world? I think world. I, I might be a little bit of cartoon character, because I also specialize in children's literature. Okay. So I really think I'm like the fairy godmother for some of them. <laughs> And David Piccolomini, you are a purchaser for a camera company, but more importantly, let's be clear, you headbutt watermelons in freak shows. Yes, I've done that, yeah. Uh, my, fr uh, my friend was putting on a freak show, he's like, do you have any special talents? I was like, I got a really hard head. He's like, we'll work with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, How many times have you done this skill? I've done it like six or seven times. Uh, the weirdest one, though, is when I did it uh, for a burlesque show, like just as like a side act. I bought one out of season. Uh, which is this, <laughs> you're ahead of me. Uh, but it's much smaller and much harder. Yeah. Uh, and so I hit it like 13 times with my head and it would not break. Uh, when a drunk bachelorette uh, came up and was like, I can do this. Stay away from the drunk bachelorette. Yeah, and she just took the watermelon, put it down on the ground and like started like uh, aiming up the shot. And then she pulled back and the watermelon rolled away. Oh, no. And she headbutted the stage. Uh, <laughs> This sounds like an amazing burlesque oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> Every burlesque show just yeah. ends with someone splayed on a yeah. stage. It was the best. Uh, We're all familiar with celebrity pairs who mash up their names. Brangelina, Kimye, Billary, Ophonathan Coltenberg. So in this game, we imagine what would happen if famous movie directors mashed up their names with celebrities. Puzzleger Archung, how about an example, please? So if we said the captain from the TV series Enterprise finds out he's a replicant, you would answer Ridley Scott 
Bakula because Ridley Scott directed Blade Runner and Scott Bakula was the captain on Enterprise. Just Aww. put the names together. We have the hardest one. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's hard, but you can do it. Feel free to talk it out. We're here for each other. <laughs> here we go. This singer has come a long way from Menudo. The video for She Bangs now features a bunch of good fellas. Page. Ricky Martin Scorsese. Yes, exactly! Yay! Not so bad, not so bad, right? Feel better, okay. CNN's Silver Fox anchor sits at a completely symmetrical desk. Bill Murray is his co-host. They're wearing red Adidas tracksuits. The headlines on screen are in a bold yellow Futura font. Page. Wes Anderson Cooper. Yes! Sure, this painting looks like it's just a bunch of paint splattered onto canvas, but if you look closely, you will see a picture of Ian McKellen as Gandalf. David. Peter Jackson Pollock. Perfect. Absolutely. This is a true story. The events depicted in this film took place not in Fargo, but in Kazakhstan in 2006. At the request of the survivors, the names have been changed, except for my wife, <laughs> Paige. Sasha Baron Cohen Brothers? Yeah, that's right. My yeah. wife! <laughs> this star of Greece gets physical with a cult director who gives her a feather boa, huge glasses, and puts her in the role of Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray. Page. Olivia Newton-John Waters. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, this is your last clue. What's the deal with that Laura Palmer murder? The log lady's gone missing, but she's been replaced with the co-creator of Seinfeld and the curmudgeonly star of Curb Your Enthusiasm. David. Larry David Lynch. Exactly correct. Well done. Puzzle career, Archung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations to Paige. You're moving on to the final round. The only thing bigger than the movie business is, of course, public radio. That's why we're going to Los Angeles for a star-studded, spectacular live performance of Ask Me Another. We will be at the theater at Ace Hotel on Wednesday, May 11th. Information about joining our live audience is at amatickets.org. Coming up... Actress Alia Shokat and director Jeremy Sunier escape from our green room only to find themselves somewhere even more terrifying. The Ask Me Another Stage. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Support for Ask Me Another comes from LearnVest. LearnVest is an online financial advice company focused on empowering people nationwide to make smart decisions with their money. If you want to know how to aggressively pay down your student loans, LearnVest can help with that. If you want to know how much you should put aside for savings or contribute to your retirement account, they're on it. They'll create a custom financial plan, plus they'll pair you with a financial planner to help you keep on track. To see a sample plan and get a $50 credit, go to learnvest.com another. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Now, please welcome our guests from the new thriller Green Room, actress Alia Shokat, and writer and director Jeremy Sonier. Thank you. Thank you. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> Alia, I just wanted to say I think it's an amazing little fact to find out that you grew up not only in Palm Springs, but as the daughter of parents who ran a strip club in a neighboring city? Uh, still running. Still running. Still doing yeah. well. If you hop a flight tonight, they'll still be open. Uh, yeah, they own a strip club. It's called Showgirls. It's in a small shopping center. Great parents. Great strip club. <laughs> as a kid, did you know, did you, were they just really, I mean, I guess they were transparent about it, right? Yeah, it was very separated from my personal life. Okay. Like, my dad was always home for dinner. Boys at school thought I was cool. That was something. Um, but I only went in for the first time when I was 21, actually. And what'd you yeah. think? I decided to, like, make a s short documentary about it. <laughs> I was like, 
this has so much to do with my sexuality. Um, <laughs> which it does, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Many of our listeners know you as maybe on Arrested Development. Sure, yeah. yeah. What was it like being the only character who had their life together? Really? Maybe had it together? Sort of, yeah. Um, Well, she was a child, which (laughs) helps in that environment. Um, I think she was confident. She didn't care, even though she wasn't very smart. She was just like, I'll figure it out. She was pretty hurt on the inside in other ways, you Mm -hmm. know. Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you when you started on Arrested Development? Uh, I did the pilot when I was 14, and we wrapped when I was 18. Did you get the jokes uh, sort of at different moments throughout 14 to 18? Yeah, I mean, the whole process, me and Michael Sarah were just kind of like, I guess this is funny. (laughs) Um, But we, you know, it was a privilege to uh, grow at a fast pace with our humor. At that, that age, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Advanced humor. Yeah. Let's bring Jeremy into the conversation now and talk about your yeah. new film. Please don't. Green Room. <laughs> I was having fun. Green Room is about a punk band that plays a show in an Oregon club that's full of skinheads, and the punk rock band witnesses a murder, and the skinheads won't let them leave alive. That is true. Fun stuff. <laughs> now, Jeremy, you said that you had to get this film out of your system. Yes. What does that mean exactly? It means I had to purge my adolescent obsession with genre films and punk rock and hardcore before I got too soft. Brooklyn now breeds soft people. <laughs> and I thought when I moved here, you know, 22 years ago, I was at NYU, I was going to move to Brooklyn afterwards. And I thought it was for hard people. But that's no longer the case. No. So before I got too soft on, like, Brooklyn pastries... <laughs> and dope iced coffees. I had to get this on screen as an archive that once I was kind of hard. <laughs> you were part of the punk scene in uh, Alexandria. Uh, yes, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia, which is just a five-minute trip from Washington, D.C. Yeah. So that's the birthplace of hardcore, and it was a real deal scene. <laughs> yeah, you don't look hard. You look very... I would buy a pastry from well, you. Well, think about... <laughs> Think about hardcore kids, the punk scene, you wore jeans and t-shirts. Right. And you just hurt each other a but lot. The, but, right, and the music was intense and aggressive. Super intense, yeah. Yeah, I went and, to a lot of these live shows in Calgary, Alberta, yeah. and there's mosh pits. Pe- uh, 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 slam pits. Slam pits. <laughs> Moshing is more of like a media exploitation term. We slam. Yeah, okay, you slam. <laughs> it's, it's, I found it to be predominantly guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it always starts that way. Right? As, as did Alia's character in Green Room. Right, that. right. Our, your character was originally written for uh, a guy. Yeah. Was it written for a guy? Samuel in a... instead of Samantha. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was written for a dude. And nothing from the script changed. None of the dialogue, you know, just the like pronouns that. in the That's setting. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, goes to show. You were in a punk band, Jeremy, is that right? I was. I was in a, a hardcore band. What was the a, name? They're called No Turn on Fred. In our hometown of Alexandria, just about every No Turn on Red sign was spray-painted with an F before the red as part of a decades-long history of vandalism, which our band really appreciated and thought it'd be also a cool way to get about 200 free posters all over town. But then we took that outside of the county lines and realized it was a really stupid name. But, But I stand by it. Because those are my bros. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Can you walk people through all the different factions there are to the oh, hardcore scene? I mean, in the 1990s? Yeah. I mean, there's like Hare Krishna core. Which is? Really? Hare Krishna's that were in hardcore. There's these uh, kids, you know, this is when I first was introduced to veganism. Uh, straight edge kids. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lot of metalheads. Uh, within the skinhead community, there's a bunch of tough guys from New York. There's sharps, which are skinheads against racial prejudice. Um, and there's Nazi skinheads. And there's people like me who are posers. And <laughs> there's, uh, you know, kids. A, a, a trend within the hardcore scene was wearing Letterman jackets, like jocks. It was kind of everything under one roof. 
Now, there's a running bit of dialogue in the movie uh, where the characters share and pose to each other who their desert island band is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great little bit of insight into all of the characters. And I'm sure people have asked you to answer the same question, so I will as well. Jeremy, who's your desert island band? It would be Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes. Um, now, does Black Sabbath for you, is that like one of the first you know, albums you purchased as a kid, or did you f- come across a little later? It's a little later. I was, I was actually into, into pop music for a long time growing up, <laughs> but then when I was eight or nine years old, I got introduced to um, <laughs> the like Dead Kennedys. Four to yeah. seven, you were like, yeah. this hip-hop's cool. I mean, I was a skater, so I got introduced uh, through all the older, cooler kids to like punk rock and new wave. And then I had a classic rock phase. <laughs> and then I got back into hardcore. Alia, who's your Desert Island band? Oh, boy. You know, I'd go with, like, David Bowie. I, yeah. I could listen oh, to yeah. him all the time. Yep. That yeah, was nice. almost in the movie. Really? Yep. Was I going to say David Bowie? What if you were? <laughs> what if it was? Maybe when you were Let's a man. go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> a question I ask myself all the time. Are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yeah. All right. Alia, Jeremy, we've written a version of one of our favorite games just for you based on your personal interests. It's called This, That, or The Other. And Jonathan Colton is here to help me with this game. So we will give you a title, and you will tell us which of three categories it belongs to. Every answer is either a punk rock band, a scary movie, or figure skating terminology. Oh, God! Alia, am I right in thinking you like some ice skating? I feel like you went deep. Yeah. On my history. Uh, I used to ice skate as a child. Really? Yeah. So she's a bit of an edge there. <laughs> oh, no. I have actually an extreme phobia of game shows. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying <laughs> ice skating. She like, has a serious edge in more ways than one. The winner is going to get an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oof. Yes. My, my wife would like that. She's a sustaining member. She's a big NPR That's, fan. I'm happy to hear that. Maybe one day you will be too, Jeremy. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Deadmate. Figure skating term? Alia, you're incorrect. Oh. Jeremy, can you steal? Deadmate? I would say it's a scary movie. It is a scary movie. Oh. Correct, yes. Yeah. 1988 movie about a woman who marries an undertaker. <laughs> How does it go? <laughs> he wants her dead. Mm. Yeah. He's an undertaker who, yeah. Here's another one. Death drop. Jeremy. Figure skating terminology. Yeah, that's right. What? Was that a guess or? I did the math. It's a drop. How about hanging woman? Jeremy. That's probably a trick question because it sounds like another figure skating terminology. So I'm going to go with that because I'm an idiot. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) Alia, can you steal? I'm going to say punk band. Ooh, Hanging Woman is a scary movie. No! Yeah, 1973 trauma movie, also known as Orgy of the Dead. Oh, if you would have said Orgy of the Dead, it'd be a no-brainer. Well, sorry about that. Yeah, Orgy of the Dead is not a great figure skating. (laughs) (laughs) It's a closer. The difficulty is too high. Nobody dares attempt it in competition. Okay, okay, okay. Actually, those coaches are pretty hardcore, so that's not far from the truth. Kiss and Cry. Jeremy. Because it sounds so lame, I'm going to say an ice skating term. <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> no way. I like Wait, it. do you have the definition of what a kissing cry is? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, let's see. I love Jeremy's deductive logic. Yeah. Uh, that is right after where they wait for their scores. Sure. And that's what they call the kiss and cry because either they They're get just great scores and, and they kiss everybody cry. or they, yeah, yeah. They oh, and then now, now it's wow. kind of sad. Yep. That's kind of sad. You feel bad that you said it was lame? Uh, I do. Yeah. That, that's very emotional for those yeah. people. <laughs> Got a couple more for you. Still anyone's game. Anyone's right. game. Two-inch astronaut. <laughs> Jeremy. I have no clue. <laughs> Two-inch astronaut? Yeah, you want to take a guess, Jeremy? Um, I'm going to say... Sounds pretty lame. Yeah. If, if it's not an ice skating term, I'm, I'm going to come get you. But, but that's what I was going to say. Two-inch astronaut seems like it's some kind of catch-and-release thing. Okay. They're really close to the yeah. person. Mm, wrong. Yeah. Uh, Alia. Punk band. Punk band it is. Yes. yes. Feels so good. 
Sorry, Jeremy. I'll I... Google that, and I'll be the judge if that's a punk band or not. <laughs> uh, they're based out of Maryland. These are all real bands they're and real, real shows. Bands. They're all listening. We they're all, and they're going to kill us. Yeah. Good luck to all bands. Okay. It's your last clue. Oh. Mohawk turn. Mohawk what? Mohawk turn. Turn? Turn. Mohawk turn. Mohawk turn. That's a trick question. I'm going to say, hey, everybody, we're Mohawk turn. No. I'm going to say... <laughs> Jeremy, can you steal? No, she is incorrect. I I'm going to say it's ice skating because yes. the mohawk is too obvious for punk. You are correct. Oh, Let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung. How did our special <laughs> guests do? They did amazing. Congratulations, Jeremy. You want to ask me yes. a really what? Clue. Yes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks to both of our special guests. Let's hear it one more time for Jeremy Sonier. Thank you. And Aaliyah Shokat. Appreciate it. Yeah. In a town in the woods at the top of a hill, there's a house where no one lives. So you take a big bag of your big city money there and buy it. But at night when the house is dark and you're all alone There's a noise upstairs At the top of the stairs there's a door So you take a deep breath and try it And the flashlight shows you something moving just inside the door There's a tattered dress and a feeling you have felt somewhere before There's a creepy doll that always follows you got a ruined eye that's always open there's a creepy doll that always follows you it's got a pretty mouth to swallow you whole Jonathan Colton now we're gonna crown this week's big winner let's bring back Hannah Emily Sammy and Paige to play our final round. Puzzleger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. This final round is called A, B, See You Later. In this game, every answer is a word that has all of its letters in alphabetical order. So for example, if I said, it's the number of thieves Alibaba faced, you would say 40, F-O-R-T-Y, in alphabetical order. We're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer, and the last person standing is our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and some great swag from Green Room, including the soundtrack, T-shirt, cups, and a poster signed by Sir Patrick Stewart, Anton Yelchin, and Jeremy Saunier. So remember, every word is in alphabetical order. Here we go. Hannah, it's the League of Colleges that includes Yale, Harvard, Brown, and Dartmouth. The Ivy League? Ivy is correct. Emily, it's the maiden name of Courtney who starred on Friends. Cox. C-O-X, that's correct. Sammy, he's a lovable Sesame Street monster with red fur. Elmo. Tickle me Elmo, that is right. Paige, filmmaker Whedon who created Buffy the Vampire Slayer and directed two Avengers movies. Joss. Joss is correct, well done. Back to Hannah. It's the first name of Senator Booker from New Jersey. Corey? Corey is his name, that's right. <laughs> Emily, he's the biblical brother who was the first murder victim. Abel? Abel is correct, well done. <laughs> Sammy, it's a reality TV show that follows policemen on the beat. A reality TV show that follows policemen Cops? on the beat. Cops is correct, well done. <laughs> Paige, stolen treasure or your posterior? Booty? Booty is right. Back to Hannah. It's a 1989 movie about black soldiers in the American Civil War. I have no idea. You have no idea. I'm sorry, step aside. Let's go to Emily. Glory? Glory is correct. Thank you, Hannah, for playing. We have to say goodbye to Hannah. Sammy, in the old Abbott and Costello comedy routine, it's the bass that who is playing? First. Who's on first? That's right. Page, it's like a hound dog's ears or the kind of disc people used for data storage in the 1980s. Three seconds. Floppy? That is correct. <laughs> Emily, it's a test that removes tissue from a patient in order to determine whether it's cancerous. 
biopsy? Wow, you got it. <laughs> Sammy, it's the word that precedes famous in the title of a Cameron Crowe movie about a young rock critic. Almost. Almost famous is correct. <laughs> Paige, shout loudly or the last name of Nobel Prize winning author Saul. Bellow. The English professor gets that right. <laughs> Emily, Alexander Graham Bell suggested this nautical greeting be used when answering the telephone. Ahoy? Ahoy is correct. <laughs> Guess what? We're out of questions, so congratulations. You're all winners. Congratulations. <laughs> Rubik's Cubes for all. Congratulations, Emily, Paige, and Sammy. You are our big winners. That is our show. Thank you so much for playing. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another for bonus games and audio clips. Come see us live or be a contestant. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Flug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Eric Feinstein, Jack Lechner, Jess Miller, and Mike Nothnagel. Ask Me Another is produced by Keanu Fitzgerald, Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, and our intern, Alejandra Vasquez, along with Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, Dan Rosado, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Other was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Jonathan Colton sings an ode to a popular word game app. Letter tiles, you know the objective. Really from a legal perspective. It's a lot like Scrabble, but it's not quite Scrabble. No, it definitely doesn't infringe on Scrabble. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, and special guest Rose McGowan on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 